So about two weeks ago, Micah started to feel a cold coming on. Uh, lots, of, lots of people are getting colds. And the cold got uh, worse and worse and worse. And after, you know, three or four days, it was like, this doesn't seem like a cold. So we took him to the doctor. The doctor did a swab test thing. And Micah had influenza B, uh, which is, yeah, woo, yeah, it's a, yeah, congratulations. It's a nasty thing. Uh, he, was, uh, he was crook for a couple of weeks. And about a week into that, Ebony started to feel bad too. She started to have cold kind of symptoms coming on and, and her cold got worse and got worse and got worse and got worse and we took her to the doctor and guess what? She is home right now with influenza B2 and I was like, imagine, what a coincidence that two people in the same family get influenza B. Now, it's not a coincidence, is it? Because influenza B is contagious. And we all know, if we didn't know contagious, everyone in the, on the planet now knows contagious, don't they? Because... Uh, because, look, I've never been to China and I can't tell you even where Wuhan province is in China. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's ever been to Wuhan province in China. But because of something that happened there, my business had to close down for a while here in Adelaide. And that's because something's contagious. But viruses aren't the only contagious things in the world, are they? There's lots, of, there's lots of things that can spread from one person to another to another. There are lots of things that can be contagious. Like if I just do this right now, uh, right? That yawn thing is contagious, isn't it? When you see silk, there's people yawning. When you see someone yawning, there's this weird thing where yawns are weirdly contagious. Ideas can be contagious. You know, if you hang around people long enough, you start to... Think a little bit the way that your people, that the people you're hanging around with think. Have you ever noticed that? So like my 21-year-old daughter, I've said this before, has had no interest in football for all of her life until she started dating a guy that likes football. And now, that's right, amen. And now, uh, and now a few years into their relationship, guess what? She's interested in football just because she's been hanging around Ed and his friends and been to a few games and ideas are contagious. Our mood can be contagious, can't it? You know, if you hang around with people who are kind of down and depressed and whatever, how does your mood feel? It starts to head in that direction. Likewise, if you hang around with people who are, who are positive and fun and are full of energy, what does that do to your mood? Your mood kind of starts to move in, in that same sort of direction. Laughter can be contagious. Joy can be contagious. And I want to tell you this morning that the grace of God can be contagious. In fact, more than that, the grace of God should be contagious. We talked last week about God's grace. We said that grace is a word that gets used a lot in churches. We sing about it. It was in lots of the songs that we sang this morning. Uh, you read the word in the Bible. Well, what exactly is grace? What exactly is grace? And we use uh, we used an old definition, uh, an old but simple definition that says that grace is the undeserved favour of God. Grace describes the fact that God loves us even when we don't deserve it. That Jesus lives and dies to take away our sin and to give us freedom and hope and eternal life. And he offers that. He offers that freedom, that hope, that eternal life. He offers that as a gift to us. We don't need to earn it. We don't need to work for it. You don't have to pass a test. You don't have to be a, a good person, whatever that is. You don't have to do good things. That's grace. The undeserved 
favour of God, that God gives us good things even though we don't deserve it. Grace is the most beautiful and wonderful and inspiring story in the whole world. But did you know that God never intended his grace just to end with us? God's grace is the best news in the world for me and, and, I, and I know that for lots of you sitting here this morning, it's the best news in the world for you. But God's grace was always intended to flow out into all the world. The God always intended his grace to be something for all humanity. God intends his grace to flow through us to other people. He pours out his love and his grace on us and he wants us to pass on, if you like, to be spreaders, to be, you know, to be contagious, that that same grace that is poured into our life would spread out from us into the lives of other people. God's grace should be contagious. John, uh, who spent a lot of time with Jesus, wrote it down like this. He says, we love because God first loved us. 1 John 4.19 Once we've experienced the love and the grace of God, it ought to be natural that that flows out of us toward other people. That's contagious grace. So what does this kind of contagious grace look like? How, how do we show that sort of undeserved favour to other people? I mean, have you ever seen those news stories? They happen every now and then. It's usually a sad news story where uh, you know, where someone gets murdered in a family and all of a sudden you've got the family on the news, on the TV, saying that they forgive the person who murdered the person. Have you ever seen those stories? And you think, wow, you know, that's, that's kind of grace, isn't it? Or you hear someone saying that they got fired from their job, but then they'll say something like, but, but I don't hold it against my boss. I know they were just doing their job. And you think, Wow. That's, that's gracious, isn't it? And it's easy to think about grace as those sort of big, bold acts, those kind of almost once-in-a-lifetime sort of things where, you know, you have this moment and, and, and you should respond like this, but you respond in grace. But I think when it comes to contagious grace, I think it's the little things that really count. The thoughts and conversations and actions that we take every day. See, I think there are moments every day for every one of us to share God's grace. I think there are, there are little opportunities that come to us every day. We just have to look for them and take them when they come. And I'm going to suggest to you this morning, there are three ways that we can share this contagious grace with the world around us. Three ways that we can practice the undeserved favour of God in our lives. Through our thoughts through our words and through our actions. Firstly, we, we can practice grace, the undeserved favour of God, through our thoughts. You know, everything that we do or say begins in our minds. You've ever heard people say things like that? Our, our thoughts are powerful. Our thoughts are what shape us. And when our thoughts becomes words and actions, they can shape others. And sharing God's grace with others begins in our minds. It begins by asking us, how do we think about other people? Do we look at other people with a sense of judgment? 
Do we see the bad things in other people? Do we see ourselves as right and other people as wrong? Or do we see other people the way that God sees them? Do we see people as precious and wonderful and loved? And I'm, just not, I'm not just talking about nice people. I'm talking about all people. Contagious grace begins in our minds. It begins with the way that we see other people. Paul talks in Romans 12 about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I want to take a risk and, and sort of say that for some of us, the first step to this kind of contagious grace living is that we need to be honest about our thoughts and we need to invite God to change our minds. And no one's going to admit this out loud and that's okay. But for some of us, we need to repent. And that word means to, to kind of to change your mind, to turn things around. We, we, we need to repent and to invite God to renew our minds, to invite God to take over and to change our minds in the way that we think about other people. To change our minds about the way that we think of that group of people out there or that person at work or that neighbour or that person in my family. Some of us need to ask God to take away a spirit of judgment and to replace it with a spirit of contagious grace. The second way that we practice this sort of contagious grace, the undeserved favour of God in our world, is with our words. Because our thoughts are powerful, but when our, when our thoughts become words, then they start to impact other people. And we all know that, don't we? Because it's really easy to think, oh, I really love that person. It's a whole different ballgame to actually say it out loud, isn't it? You know, when you go to someone and you say, oh, I love you, that just everything changes, doesn't it? When our thoughts become words, they can impact our world. It's why the writers of the Bible talk so much about the words that we speak and the things that we say. Colossians 3.13 says, Let your conversations always be full of grace. Seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. The writer of the Bible saying, uh, Paul in this case saying, you want to know what to say in a situation? You want to know what God wants you to say in a situation? Let your conversations always be full of grace. And then you'll know how to answer everyone. Then you'll know what to say, what to say in every situation. If, if you're speaking grace, you're saying the right thing is what Paul's saying here. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that, they may, that it may benefit those who, listening, who, those who listen. Words of grace build others up. They benefit those who listen. But we live in a world that wants to pull people down, don't we? I mean, you watch the news, you scroll through social, you listen to the way people talk about others at school or at work or in some cases even in our families. God's people are called to speak differently. We're called to be a people who speak words of encouragement, who speak words of hope, who speak words of light and life into the lives of the people around us. And I want to tell you, we have those opportunities every single day, don't we? Every single day at home and at work and at school, we have those opportunities. We have that choice. What will I say now? <coughs> will I choose to speak gossip or will I choose to speak grace? 
Will I choose to speak negative about the other person or positively? Will my words tear someone down or build someone up? Contagious grace is on the tip of our tongue every day. Every day, we make a choice as to what we speak in those moments. And the third way that we practice grace, that we practice the undeserved favour of God, is with our actions. Grace begins with our minds, our thoughts for sure. It creates impact when we speak. But grace becomes most powerful when it gets turned into action. What does contagious grace look like in action? It looks like understanding and compassion and mercy and forgiveness and love. Jesus said, Luke 6.36, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. John copied this idea for sure when he wrote 1 John 4.19, We love because God first loved us. They're saying followers of Jesus Follow Jesus. We show mercy and grace and compassion and love. We show those things to the world around us because God has showed them to us. And we follow him. We follow his example and we act toward others the way that he has acted toward us. Paul writes to the Colossian church, he says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Same idea. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3.13, that was. He told the Ephesian church, uh, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4.2. Contagious grace is shown in our daily behaviours. Paul's not talking about kind of once-in-a-lifetime moments there. He's talking about the way that we interact with people every single day. People in our homes, people at work, people we play sport with, people in our community, people uh, people who serve us in stores, people we bump into in the shops. Showing undeserved favour to people who annoy you. Demonstrating undeserved favour with your family. And don't many of us know our families need, you know, they're the most undeserving of our favours. Seriously sometimes, isn't it? Practising undeserved favour when you respond online. When everything in you wants to type this, but you're going to choose to type something different. Or in some (laughs) cases, not to type at all. Like our words... We have opportunities and we make choices every day with the way that we act. Every day that we we respond to people. Will we be contagious with the grace of God or will we respond somehow differently? Will we show understanding and compassion with others who are hurting? Will we show mercy to people who make mistakes around us? Will we grant forgiveness to those who hurt us? Will we demonstrate love to people who are unlovable, people who are not like us and are never going to be like us? We face those opportunities every single day, don't we? And I know you're going to say, but Matt, it's hard to love some people. It's hard to show grace to some people, and I get that. Some people just keep annoying me. 
Some people just reject the kindness and the grace that I show them. Some people don't deserve it. Of course they don't deserve it. That's why grace is undeserved favour. Do you get it? It's the whole point that it is for people who don't deserve it. There's an incredibly powerful story that John remembers in the life of Jesus where one night as they were eating, Jesus dropped to his hands and knees and he went around the circle and he washed the feet of every one of the men in his group. We call them the disciples, but in the, in the gang that he hung around with. It was the lowliest, dirtiest, smelliest, most disgusting job. In our house, it would be like taking the compost out times a thousand, right? It was the job that no one ever wanted to do. And Jesus did it. And after he did it, he stood up and they looked at him like, what's going on? And he said these, John remembers him saying these words, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. John 13, 15. Does it ever occur to you that Judas was in the room at that point? Jesus washed the feet of the guy who was about to betray him. The guy who was about to hand him over for what, I mean, they didn't know, but what Jesus knew would be his horrific execution. He was in the room and Jesus still washed his feet. The next day, Jesus willingly walked to the cross and died. And he didn't just die for nice people like you and your nice friends and and me and my nice friends. He died for people who annoyed him. He died for people who rejected him. He died for people who hated him. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Paul would say later. Jesus' death opens the door for us to experience the grace of God in our own lives, right? But Jesus' death is also the example for us in how we share the contagious grace of God with other people, especially with other people who don't deserve it. And I know that it's not easy. I struggle with this stuff all the time. I mean, just ask any of my children afterwards, right? I'm not speaking this from a point of I've got all this under control and it's easy for me. But God's grace is just so wonderful. It's just so beautiful. It has just been in my life so powerful. And sharing his contagious grace with others gives me just a little opportunity, just a small part in opening the lives of other people to that beautiful story of grace in their lives, doesn't it? People often ask me, and we've talked in this church a lot, people often ask me about how they can best share their faith. You know, and they'll say things like, I, I, just, I just wish there were more opportunities for me to express my faith. I, I wish there were more, I pe- wish people would ask me more questions. I, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what I'd say, but I, but I wish there were more opportunities for me to demonstrate my faith and, and, and to speak out and to share my faith. And I want to say to you, If you want more opportunities to share your faith, live a life of contagious grace. 
If you want more, if you want people to randomly ask you why you are the way you are, live a life of contagious grace. Because people get annoyed when someone talks more than they listen, like when they just want to, you know, tell you what you believe and not listen to them. People get defensive when someone pushes their views on them. People get angry when someone wants to argue with them and tell them they're wrong and I'm right. But you know, people get really interested when someone consistently speaks words of grace into their life. When someone consistently speaks words that lift them up and encourage them and, and, and sort of make their lives better, if you like. People get curious when people around them act in amazingly graceful ways, don't they? When they do things that they don't expect, do, do things in a good way that they don't expect. People get wowed when the contagious grace of God impacts their life. And sure, you've got to have words to say when someone does ask you. But contagious grace opens the door. Contagious grace is what makes other people say, there's something different about you. You know, you telling them they're wrong and you're right, that doesn't, that doesn't raise any interest in people, does it? No. People do this to that. But when you just pour out the amazing, contagious grace of God into other people's lives by what you do and by what you say, people get really interested and really curious really quickly. God's grace is the most wonderful and powerful and life-changing thing on earth. And I know that lots of you don't need me to tell you that because you could stand up here and say the same thing from your own experience and for your own life. This morning is about reminding us that that grace was never meant to be just for us. God wants to share his grace with the whole world and he wants to do that through us. We are the, we are the channel, if you like, through which the amazing grace of God is touching the world. God's grace was always meant to be <coughs> contagious. Contagious.